We jump in where part one left off, with a barely hanging on to his sanity Hector Delgado, formerly Shipwreck, trapped inside a gross blob of what, until just moments ago, appeared to be his former G.I. Joe teammates. Things are looking up for old Hector as he does not appear to be suffocating to death as we were led to believe in the cliffhanger, but is instead transported down this fun-looking slide. Whee! Then the blob takes him up through the sewers and drops him in a park. Then, somehow, the blob sort of nonchalantly slinks off. Props to the animators for actually pulling off this incredibly strange image. Oh, and did I say wee? Because what I really meant was... <laughs> Okay, seriously, voice actor Neil Ross has been playing Shipwreck as this detached, cool dude this whole time, and also saying dumb stuff like this as Springer on Transformers. I got better things to do tonight than die. But it turns out this guy has serious fucking chops. I know I said this last episode, but I'm not quite over it yet. Hector's wife and daughter are seriously distraught to see him suffering like this, which seems normal until you realize they continue to seem distraught when they leave his immediate vicinity. Like, he's in the yard and they're inside the house. Which kind of implies that they're not just synthoids or whatever this all ends up being about. That little girl does not appear to be crying to keep the illusion going. I think she's actually sad. So she's either a real human girl, giant anime eyes notwithstanding, or they program the synthoid to feel actual emotional pain. Either option implies a whole new layer of fucked up in this situation. While this whole Black Mirror debate is happening, mostly inside my head, Polly the Parrot reports back to evil Synthoid Doc and reports that Phase 1 is complete. I'm sure by the end of this episode we'll reveal that Polly is also a Synthoid or maybe a robot or a hologram or something, but it wouldn't surprise me if he'd just been kind of a dick the whole time and Cobra bought him with some fancier than his usual brand of crackers. The upshot of all this is that we get to see Cobra Commander having a sinister chat with a parrot, so it's nice to see the show hasn't completely lost its focus during this momentary lapse of genuine drama. For the record, Polly's official Cobra designation is Agent P9, which may imply that Cobra has at least eight other parrot agents, but I'm literally at the three minute mark with all this speculation, so maybe I just need to let the episode happen now. So Hector is brought to Cobra's mind control hospital under the car wash and interrogated by this Cobra trainee. That's right, she's a woman. Women can be evil brainwashed terrorists too, you know. Hashtag feminism. This joke unapologetically stolen from John Oliver. Cadet Denning takes us on a hypno-trip through Hector's memories in which he lied about his age to join the Navy at age 16 and apparently fought in Vietnam. Jesus Christ, Cobra, you monsters! Hasn't this man been through enough already? Denning is unable to get the formula out of poor Hector's mind because it's in his subconscious, you dummies, and you need a secret code word to get it out of there. Did you even watch the first part of this story? Syntho Doc shows some sympathy for Cadet Denning being exposed to the freakout ray, so the Crimson Twins promptly melt him. So there's my answer. Hector's fake family is fake, but they're still sentient and capable of feeling compassion. Yep, still horrible. Turns out Syntho Doc was right to be concerned, though, since turning the torture machine up to full power fills the room with ghosts that look like the Baroness and Destro and Cobra Commander and Agent P9. They do finally work out that they need the code word to access Hector's tender brain meats, so that's progress, I suppose. So Cobra doubles its efforts to find that science wizard from last episode, and the Crimson Twins devise a brilliant plan to confine Hector to a bed, while a loudspeaker reads every single English word in the dictionary to him. I can see the logic here, but surely the professor set it up so Hector just completely shuts down after five bad attempts, and you have to call tech support to reset him. Hector's sedative wears off, and when he goes for that refreshing splash of cold water in his face, he washes off the gray in his beard and begins to suspect something's up. Leave it to Cobra to construct an entire fake town 
dozens of fake people who are indistinguishable from real people that Hector already knows, who are capable of experiencing actual independent emotions, and super complex hypnotechnology, but then they can't be bothered to buy the good hair dye to complete the illusion. I can only assume they left the dreadnoks in charge of that. Sufficiently alerted to the scam, Shipwreck, I can now stop calling him Hector finally because that was just weird, begins to escape. And via convenient coincidence, the real Polly shows up around this time to fight the fake Polly. Oh, so that was a duplicate. I still say my theory was completely plausible. Also, for a show about high-tech army men battling high-tech terrorists, there's an awful lot of parrot fighting on G.I. Joe. Once he's put everything together, Shipwreck ponders if this Polly might also be a fake. Wait a minute. How do I know you're not another phony? Remember that night in Annapolis? Okay, I'm convinced. I can't tell if I really want to know this story, or I really, really don't. Shipwreck finds the secret base under the car wash, learns that the fake people were indeed synthoids. I guess I did slightly jump to that conclusion, but come on, we saw those guys literally 40 episodes ago, so it wasn't too difficult. Also, it turns out that Springfield is actually the infamous Cobra base Temple Alpha that the Joes have never been able to locate. And this is all great, but... Wasn't Shipwreck kind of the central focus of this latest Cobra operation? Shouldn't someone somewhere be noticing that he's not in his hospital bed listening to the most boring audiobook ever recorded? Okay, the second most boring audiobook ever recorded, after Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Shipwreck and Polly scamper through an assortment of Cobra labs, and then they find the completely empty and unlocked room where they're working on the highly destructive Exploding Water Project that all of this was about in the first place. Then Polly just sort of casually, well, casually for a loudmouth parrot, blurts out the code word everyone's been looking for, unlocking the missing component of the formula from Shipwreck's mind. Huh. Yeah, I never would have guessed that one either. Then Shipwreck uses his newfound knowledge of the Doomsday device to blow up Cobra's entire island and escape because he's a goddamn hero. A real American hero, if you will. Oh, but that's not where it ends, because it wouldn't really live up to everything else these episodes have done if it ended there. No, first Shipwreck has to go back to his fake house to rescue his fake family and have his heart broken again as he realizes they were Cobra Synthoids. Shipwreck? What happened? Well, was there something important in that house? Nah, nothing important. Just a dream or two. No, I'm not crying. Shut up, you're crying. 